Welcome to The Coat Hanger on 2SER 107.3. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast and record this show, the Gadigal of the Eora Nation, and we pay our respects to Elders past and present. The Coat Hanger is a show and podcast where we tackle women's footy with a Sydney view. I'm your host, Fiona Lamb, and I'm joined by... Emma Phillips. And Nat Morgan. In this week's show... Wait, were there football matches on the weekend? Because... I was busy riding in the Mardi Gras parade in Sydney. Happy Mardi Gras. You might have seen happy my Mardi post. Gras. Yes, happy Mardi Gras, everyone. Those in Sydney and those everywhere else in the second class uh, states. <laughs> you might have seen my post uh, with our coat hanger shirt and the number 34 on the back to remember our friend Cinder Barclay. Uh, it was exhilarating and I got a bit teary. We did actually get to ride across the SCG, um, across the, yes, across the centre square and the pitch. And I got a little bit teary doing it. Uh, well, well done you and congratulations on making it live to air on the Monday night because it's meant to be like Mad Monday or something. You <laughs> did the after party and then you did the recovery party <laughs> and now you're live on radio. So I've got the dump button, people, in case <laughs> she drops swear words or starts mumbling or something. So we're in control. I did ask for the day off. Brief cheerio to my bosses. Anyway, moving on. I have told them about this show. They might be listening. I'll let you know tomorrow. (laughs) Um, So we did ride down Oxford Street afterwards for our people who cheered us from the bars. That was a bit fun. Uh, But on tonight's show, we will discuss the fixture, which has now been finalised. We're going to look at the highlights from round six. We're going to check out that ladder and the tipping comp as well. But before all of that, today is International Women's Day. And in the current political climate, it, uh, it really does feel like a different kind of International Women's Day. Um, here in uh, Sydney, Dave Sharma, member for Wentworth, that's Malcolm Turnbull's old seat, um, literally one with harbour views, ladies and gentlemen. He decided he'd mark this day, which he said is a day to improve respect, dignity and equality for every woman everywhere by handing out single pink gerberas to women at Bondi Junction Station. He posted a photo and the sentiments uh, that I mentioned above on Twitter and he was ratioed and ridiculed quite rightly. How's your International Women's Day been, Nat and Em? Oh, look, oh, <laughs> much <sorry>. like that. <laughs> yeah, look, it's, it's extraordinary, isn't it, Fee? I mean, I think you have drawn attention to something really important on a day that should be about many more things than someone like Dave Sharma handing out flowers in a very, very token gesture to some pretty angry women at the moment, that's for sure. I mean, I made the point on Twitter earlier that, you know, it's not unlike white people walking around America after George Floyd's murder, handing out flowers to black people in some sort of gesture of, you know, of, of equality or thinking about equality. And, and, and I'm, I'm lost for words on this one. It's just unreal. I think, I think um, 51% of the population are injured so significantly at the moment and feeling that injury so, uh, so starkly. Uh, I, I don't know if you saw on Twitter that there were actually quite a significant number, a proportion of women disclosing sexual assault for the first time in their lives. Uh, that people are just there's this wave of of rage and uh, and also um, collect 
there's a collective sense to this where people obviously feel safe for the first time in their lives to disclose this um, painful information and crimes against them. It's... Um, I don't really know what to say either. It's 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 something else. And so for someone to just be so tone deaf, it, it was incredible. Well, maybe he can stick his uh, flowers up his own gerbera and <laughs> everyone can move on. <laughs> but on a nicer note, I think it'd be good if we all thought of maybe, you know, the women who have gone before us or, you know, point us in the right direction. And um, I... I'm a, for those who don't know, I'm a gardener. I've got my own gardening business. And back at the turn of the century, a wonderful woman called Edna Walling arrived in Australia at the age of 20 and took herself off to Horticulture College. And uh, when I was doing my landscape trade certificate back in the 90s, I was the only woman in my class. And I think to myself, there would have been even less than no other women in her class. Can you imagine, you know, when you're 20 back there in the 1920s or 30s studying, she would have been the only woman and apparently she had quite a lot of run-ins with the male clients for the gardens that she designed, saying it's my way or the highway and uh, she often had a way. So um, the aspects of her gardening stuff that I loved was her signature sort of moves were the uh, dry stone walls and curved gardens and unruly native planting. So cheers to Edna Walling who went before us all. Oh, yeah, good wonderful. one, Nat. Yeah. I, I, I want to know if you do unruly native planting. That's all I do. Unruly. <laughs> Excellent. So if I don't get back to prune, no one notices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I'm going to lift off that. And as you're talking, I'm thinking about, you know, there's often, I think, a misconception in the wider community that the AFLW was born recently and, and well it was born recently but that it was sort of invented by a lot of men at the AFL but actually there were decades and decades and decades worth of you know unpaid women's labor that went into developing women's football we could go back a long way but you know my experience is sort of growing up in footy in Victoria 1981 the Victorian Women's Football League was put together and of course a lot of hard-working individuals just incredible amounts of effort to get the game to a place where the AFL would ever consider looking at it. So, you know, I always like on International Women's Day to sort of remind people of, you know, the fact that it wasn't born five or six years ago. There's a lot of work gone in by women. Yeah. True. Oh, well, you may have seen uh, Annabelle Crabb on Insiders on the weekend mention Edith Cowan. Friday marks 100 years since she, the first woman, was elected to Parliament. And uh, as Annabelle said, she was lampooned and ridiculed for the three years she was there. Uh, I looked up a little bit about Edith Cowan because I don't know much about her. She was from Western Australia. She was committed to social reforms which enhanced women's dignity and responsibility and which secured proper care for mothers and children. She believed that children should not be tried as adults and founded the Children's Protection Society, which then had a major role in the subsequent introduction of children's courts. And she was one of the first to promote sex education in schools. And we're still fighting her battles around our country, but also in the halls of our parliament to this day. So cheers to those women and all women now and those who um, have done the work before. Happy International Women's Day to all. Indeed. All right, let's talk about highlights from round six. Well, should we get the Giants game out of the out of the way first? Em, you were there. The worst yeah. first. Yes, maybe we should get that Rip the out band-aid of the way. Off. Look, what's that? Rip the band-aid off. Rip the band-aid off. Um, 
I was so excited to go along to the game in Manuka. It's such a beautiful ground to watch footy on. And, you know, it wasn't long into the game before that sinking feeling set in where you just know it's going to be a long, tough day as a Giants fan. So hard to watch. Um, I don't know what to say really, except that, you know, it was ni- nice to see the whole ground. We don't get to too many games up in Sydney. It was nice to see how the game plans that are rolled out for them, where they really do that significant forward press. So for the whole of the game, there's nobody in their forward half the majority of the time because, of course, Brisbane are controlling the ball up forward. Now, when it did turn over, and as we know, they've got some outstanding midfielders, all of whom fired for them on the weekend, and they just couldn't get the ball much into their forward line, much beyond that, you know, centre sort of uh, centre circle. Um, I, I don't know why, really. Look, what do I know? But I don't know why they don't play just one behind the ball, perhaps. And someone like a Priv, who I think Privatelli, Beck Privatelli, who was very stiff to miss out on a Guernsey last weekend, would have been very handy in a match like that, just floating, just being a worry for the Brisbane defence. Now, not to take anything away from Brisbane, who really are an outstanding side, and I think will give the Premiership a good tilt. But where do the Giants get these goals from? If everything is jammed up, their midfield is firing, and they still can't get enough going on up forward. Maybe one of you guys know. Well, no, look, watching it was incredibly frustrating and I was glad I hadn't made any effort to get to Canberra to watch it like you had. It really wasn't worth the trip. But something happened at half time. They did come out and put the stop on uh, Brisbane. In fact, I think they almost outscored them. Two goals, three Giants to one goal, two in the second half. So there's at least a positive. But um, did you see some change in play that uh, they, they at least nullified Brisbane after in that second half? You know, it just looked like a greater intent, I think. And they've got the capacity. It just, just I think, uh, look, I spoke to Alicia Eva earlier and she was saying they just have these slow starts and it's something they've been working on for some time is overcoming those slow starts. Now, you know, what that is, is that a mental thing? Is it they're not switched on from the start? Is that something about their warm-up? You know, we can't know, but they've got to get themselves going in that first 10 minutes of the game, really. Do you think uh, the rev up from uh, Alan at halftime was, uh, you know, pull your finger out or you're not playing next week? Um, what did Priv and uh, Lou Stevenson, you saw them before the game, what were they saying about having been dropped? Well, that was after the game, actually. And they, um, okay. yeah, no, look, look, their understanding of, of where things are at for the Giants, I think, um, you know, they, they know that they knew that the axe had to be wielded and, and they were in line for that. So, um, uh, look, understanding, but I think very, very keen to get back out on the track. They they went down for the game. In the morning of the game, actually, they were involved in a very heavy-duty training session. So a lot of running. Not not as punishment, I think, but just to make sure that they're staying match fit. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if both of them are back in the side next week. Well, of course, because they don't have the opportunity to drop down to the twos uh, competition, do they? Because at the moment, the Sydney comp is not, um, is not parallel. That's right, despite the fact that every other state has the second-tier competition available to players who are dropped from their AFLW sides. Mm. So, again, very difficult for the Giants. Yep. All right, well, let's move on to some other games. Um, the only the only game I saw a snippet of was the Carlton game. Um, who were Carlton playing? Geelong. And it was, a, it was a ripper game, wasn't it? It was mm. a good game. I saw that when I was lining up for drinks at the Merrickville Bolo at the recovery party. Well, you would have seen six goals in the first quarter. It was actually highly contested and free-flowing, and it was probably the best Geelong have played all season. So, Em, you've got nothing to whinge about this week. Well, about yeah, Em, didn't I you think say kicked... that they kicked more goals in this game than they had for the last... I think in their entire history of AFLW, they kicked four <laughs> goals in this game, so they'll be over the moon. 
There you go. You, you're whinging, got the boot up the bum for oh, it. So well listening. done to you. Um, there was no Taylor Harris. Um, so yeah, what Darcy Destio actually, look, I'm not sure, but her knee's been strapped up um, mm. all year. So I don't know whether it was just that tenderness or soreness or resting or what they were doing with her because um, it wasn't announced till just before the game, I don't think. Um, but Vessio lifted. She kicked um, two goals herself in that first quarter, I think it was, but she also had three goal assists for the rest of the game. So um, I think she's playing like a role that Nick Rewalt plays these days in the sort of twilight of his career where supporting those around it. In the old days, she would have just been snapping over a shoulder, left, right and centre if she could get a sniff. Now she was handballing, she was doing the hard stuff. Um, she was, yeah, on her hands and knees at the bottom of the pack. I was impressed with her game mm. on the weekend. That's Vessio you're talking about, Nat? Yeah. She's yeah. such an outstanding player, isn't she, Vessio? One of those, I think if I was a coach of Vessio, I wouldn't quite know where to put her. You know, she's, a, she's an amazing forward, but she, she has skill below her knees. You're tempted to put her in the middle sometimes. And she does swing occasionally and play up a bit higher. But, yeah, one of those exceptional players. Mm. She, you talk about below her knees. She's like a crab sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, you said she was an exceptional player. I don't have her in that category. Mm. But she's having a go. And, yeah, she's like a crab. She'll be scarring and tapping the ball, and then she'll be the first one up after having been down as well. So, um, yeah, no, it was a good game for her, I thought, on the weekend. Um, there were a couple of big blowouts. Um, the sort of three top teams, well, certainly uh, the Dockers over West Coast. I mean, that was just embarrassing, really. Mm. But, I, I mean, I don't rate them. At grand, that doesn't help you win a grand final, beating the worst side in the competition does it? A blowout like that. In fact, Adelaide against Gold Coast, that was another smashing by 70 points. I both about 70, 75 points. That doesn't help you, does it? Or does it just give you younger forwards or new players a bit of confidence or something? It might uh, make a difference with percentages, but I mean, if you're at the top anyway, I guess it doesn't really matter, does it? it dic- well, I guess it dictates where you end up in that top six and who you come up against. Mm. Does it work out one place six? Two, five, that scenario? I'm not sure. I I would assume so, yeah. But see, I was interested to see that, um, I mean, mean, the Ruse beat Richmond. That's not a surprise. But Richmond got 32. That's nothing to sniff at. I think it's worth – sorry, Nat, you go. No, no, I was just going to say they had a crap first half, uh, Tigers. Mm. They certainly came out way better in the second half and kicked, uh, I think, five goals in the second half of the game. Um, So – yeah, they were certainly improved um, and against a good side as well. I think the games they'd won were against teams who were below them. Um, so I think they've, Richmond, I do believe I may have preempted that they were going to have a far better season and show some good passages of play. But Sabrina was my other tip that I was looking forward to her playing and she's been the only one letting the team down, I think, with her experience and her ability. She's not shining. I no. don't know what's going on. Yeah, look, um, I agree with you entirely on that. And I was just thinking also that it's worth remembering that North Melbourne, you know, sitting okay on fifth on the ladder, but have played Richmond Richmond last week without Mon Conti. And they played Carlton the week before without Press Parkers. Now, we know one player doesn't make a side, but it is worth remembering that they've won well against both those sides with two of the very best players in the competition on the sidelines. Hmm. It's big of you to say that about your own team. I I thought so. Thank you for acknowledging Mm. that, Nat. Introducing (laughs) some doubt. This is novel. (laughs) I can do that. I'm not so biased. Melbourne smashed St Kilda. 66 um, to 22. With Daisy. With Daisy up front. Oh, my God. I've got to say. Did I read um, correctly that she did a 
cartwheel? After the game, apparently. <laughs> someone in the crowd, some voice from the crowd, Kiwi, perhaps, said she was, yeah, doing cartwheels for the fans or something like that. But, um, look, she's only kicked three goals previously in her whole career. So to then kick two, and she could have had a third one as well. So she's feeling pretty good about herself. But right. tell you what, she took a bloody two or three really great contested marks. Like running a full pelt with someone right after clacker and she was clunking them. I, I was very impressed with that. So it was good to see her and nice to see her smiling, having a bit of a fun and blowing kisses to the crowd. Nice. Um, anyone else? Oh, well, of course, the pies. The, the pies we have to mention, don't we? <laughs> it was a slow old start though, wasn't it? Both teams. No one could kick a goal now, forever. Did I see correctly? I may have been back at the bar. Um, did they have seven behinds? Uh, to yeah, half eight, time. That is eight, correct. Think, wasn't it? Seven eight, or eight. Uh, seven to half time, and then they ended up kicking seven goals nine. So mm-hmm. uh, they certainly improved uh, with their accuracy and their intensity. And uh, Malloy uh, once again kicked a couple, and young a young kid um, Maloney. So the the two moles up front were kicking goals. <laughs> <laughs> two moles. <up. laughs> You're informed tonight, Nat. What, what Someone's a... got to carry you all. <laughs> Get stuff. <laughs> Listen, footy's a funny game, isn't it? Because I watched that game and same as you just thought, there's nothing going on in the first half at all. This, ga- this game could go in any direction. And I actually backed the Bulldogs in sort of a, a rank bet, really. But mm. anyway, I thought they could go, they could get this. And then Collingwood comes out of the blocks and just leave the Bulldogs in their wake. And as analysts of the game, I'm sitting there going, how can we talk about this on the coat hanger? How can we say this shifted for Collingwood and that's why they won or this happened for the Bulldogs and that's why they lost? And there really is no clear answer. There was nothing definitive that either of them did after half time that changed the game for them, is there? Just those snaps because there were still a few more snaps of goals that were going through this time. Um, and then once I think once you get a little confidence, a little bit of run on, everything can change when that happens too. So we'll be taking that mighty magpies yet again. Six from six. That's so impressive to say that out loud, isn't it? For any team in any comp, I reckon, especially yeah. Collingwood. Yeah. Look, that's okay because we all know that once Collingwood get to finals, the wobbles will set in, the old collie wobbles. It's you don't need a matter to tell me that. Don't need to tell me that. That's why I've got to enjoy it while it's happening because that's what they'll go and do. They get your hopes up, now, men and women, and just sec. let it down. <laughs> Let's not forget that a, a rather large proportion of those AFLW players were in the VFLW team who were premiership, the, the, the premiers, the last time, last time they played, which was not last year, obviously. It was the year before. Um, and I think this is the continuation. So I, I reckon they're going to get the flag. That's, that's, well, that would be unreal if they do. Yep. Yep. Good, strong club Equal. with a good Mark attitude. Down. That Mark new coach down. is a ripper. The one that they have forgot from North Melbourne? Oh, <laughs> Who are now, maybe now ruining the fact no, that he's over there. Steve Ruin, I like that. There. Ruin. Steve oh, sorry, Ruin is there. Um, is there no, coach? Scott Gowans is a line coach over there. So, oh, I you see. Know, North, I the see North Melbourne see. ousted that's, from. Anyway, let's not go there. Okay, let's go on. Speaking of. I got very excited this uh, this round because I have a clean sweep. I got all my predictions correct, and, and which means I didn't tip with my heart. It happened. I've turned. Well done. I've you tipped with coach. your head. I'm a turn coach. But um, Nat, I, I think that doesn't change your position, does it, on the uh, on our tipping comp? Uh, la- no, ladder? because I too got seven from seven. Thank you very much. <laughs> Um, I think this segment needs uh, like a little music sting. If you could organise that for next week, right. I'm not sure what it is, but I don't know something good. I'm still I, yeah, trying to write like your need... chat with Nat song. 
Oh, yeah, we, know, we gotten, didn't even get that either. But anyway, enough. look, I am still on top with my seven from seven. Um, M, you have dropped down to fifth position. I'm two ahead of you. I don't think you can catch me in the next few rounds. Tracy and Fee and Kiwi are only a point apart from each other, but not so much in the in the stats. Now, I'm thinking you can't catch me, anyone. I'm throwing it out there. There's a gauntlet down. The only thing that's going to do me in is the margin. My margin is so massive. I have no idea how to pick close games, tight games. That Friday night match, I'm useless. My margin's 116 at the moment. So someone could leapfrog me. If you're talking about percentage there, I'm gone. So catch me if you can. Maybe is that a song? Speaking of songs, when you're watching Jordan Ivy play, is anyone else singing Poison Ivy? Am I too old? No. I can report that I am not doing that. I don't actually know the song. Oh, it's an oldie. It's by someone like the Drifters or someone like that. Google it up. We might even have a little sting as we go out. You just pop that in, will you, Fee? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Add it to your list of jobs to do. (laughs) All right, Uh, then. Well, that leads us to the ladder with the pies on top. I mean, we've already said they're on top and I've already said they're going to win the premiership, so we could just move straight on, couldn't we? No, what's happened now is that um, the the trickle-down effect, if you like, the everyone is um, – there, there's a very clear up. division now between the, the top six and the bottom six. I mean, well, it's a clear division because they're in well, the top or the bottom. No, well, there's no divisions. Look, what the problem's going to be is they've announced the next three rounds, so everyone knows who they're playing. So I've gone through them all and calculated win-losses that are coming up. The top four positions, Collingwood, Frio, Brisbane, Adelaide, they're guaranteed that top four. As to percentage and location where they end up, I think that's how it's going to stay. The mess comes in with kangaroos, Melbourne, Western Bulldogs and Colton. Poor old Melbourne. They're sitting in sixth place at the moment. Their next three games could not be any worse. Adelaide, Frio and Brisbane. Melbourne are not going to win another game. They're stuffed. They're out of the six. They're gone. Because below them, they've got Western Bulldogs, who've got North Melbourne, Adelaide, Richmond. I've got them down for only one win. That'll put them on 20 points. Carlton, they've got Frio, Suns and Giants. I've got them down for two wins. That'll put them on 20, which will where the Kangaroos are sitting too. So three into two don't go. I don't know who is going to miss out on percentage, and I'm thinking it's going to be Western Bulldogs. I think so then who do you think is going to take year. Melbourne's place in the top six? Carlton. Carlton will go up and in. Yeah. Kangaroos and Carlton will have that last five and six on 20 points. Um, Melbourne have missed out again. They just love lurking around the, the finals and never quite making it. They've made it quite the habit, haven't they? And yes. what do you reckon? Yeah, sorry. I was, I was studying, studying the ladder as you were talking about and thinking also in those final few rounds, in the final few rounds we've got, you know, there is a real division in the way that this, the fixturing has been done as well. So mm. the top teams are all playing each other pretty well and the bottom teams are all playing each other. So it's an interesting scenario because, of course, that's great in some respects of the competition to see those top teams play each other, but it's an unnatural sort of fixture. And if it was one that was stuck with at the start of the year or we didn't have COVID impositions on the fixturing, it would be a very different scenario. You know, mm. and I wonder about whether some of those bottom sides are missing out on contact with those top teams and how they might develop over the next 12, 12 months, 24 months. And so the um, Western Australian teams are playing Melbourne teams, are they? They've, they've, they're banking on the, the borders opening, are they? Yeah, no, it's free-flowing again now. Yeah. They'll be travelling. I think um, it opened on like, Saturday. Uh, 
Frio, Kings we've Cross. got Carlton, Melbourne and North Melbourne. And I'm not sure if they mentioned venues, but I'm sure that they haven't got all of them at home. Like there's no point Victorian sides coming to them if they're not going to there yeah. the other way. So, yeah, no, I, there must be free-flowing, hence the fact they've announced all three rounds to go. So um, the, the Giants are sitting down in 10th spot. They've got St Kilda ahead of them, only on percentage, but I think that's pretty embarrassing. Yeah. Oh, God. Let's move on. Injuries, MRO. Nat, let's hear from you. Uh, yeah, the injuries. Mimi Hall, the young kid from Carlton, has done a knee. Gonski. Nikki Gore from Adelaide, she broke her uh, fractured her ankle, so she's out for the rest of the year. Jamie Stanton from the Suns, who uh, did her ankle on the in the game and had to be stretched off while she was sucking on the Green Dream. Not so bad, apparently. Apparently, the Green Dream's a bit magic. Well, she might have gone early on the pain threshold. She it may not be as bad as suspected. And um, Sarah Perkins, um, since last Monday's. Uh, show uh, it was confirmed that she did her medial or uh, ruptured her uh, MCL, MCL, I think it was. Yeah. So she's out for the year too, yep. but not as long as recovery. Tribunal, Courtney Wakefield, Hannah Scott and Demi Liddell have all got um, a reprimand and a $400 fine if they accept. And Rising Stars, Tani Brown from Collingwood and Daisy Bateman from North Melbourne uh, both picked up the Rising Star. Good news for Jamie Stanton. She's been so fantastic for the Suns this year, a real, a real standout. Yeah. Look, and the, maybe it's just not broken, but you would think she wouldn't be on, running around on it the next week or two or anything. So perhaps it's just not a, a 12-month recovery with a bit of luck. She'll limp anyway, won't she, after having been <laughs> stretched it off? What manufacturer It's obligatory. Crowd, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah, at least one oh, week dear. off. Good stuff. <laughs> okay, so this... Um... Weekend, the Giants are travelling to Melbourne, as you said. They're playing St Kilda at RSEA Park, uh, Saturday the 13th of March at 3.10pm. Oh, and newsflash, I'm, I'm actually flying down to Melbourne this weekend, so I might make that one. Is that because it's your birthday? <laughs> Well, it's my, it's my birthday tomorrow, but... There's um, a little bird on the shoulder. Happy birthday, Fee. Yeah. Thanks Happy birthday. Thank what a week of celebrations you're having. Indeed, indeed, Yes. Cheers so, to you um, on your birthday. Thanks very much. Emma, Emma said she's going to jump out of a cake for you when we're back in the studio. <laughs> thanks, Em. Emma said no such thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I will send a card. All right. Final thoughts, final comments. Well, the, on the Giants, the Giants this week. On anything before oh. I sign off, Em. <laughs> ah, fair enough. No, look, I, obviously the Giants have, you know, I think, I think that they will see this week as a really good opportunity for them to, you know, bring something. You sort of feel like they've been, it's a weird phrase, but been hiding. I think that they're, they're better, they're more capable of what we've seen. Um, I think they know that, um, that they will just appear on Moravan Oval like we have not seen them before. That is my tip. Yep. They will be I, out well, of their I feel, skin. I reckon that's going to happen too. I reckon they're going to win because they believe they can win and they're going to yep. perform well because they believe they can f- perform well. Yep. Well. They're going to have to, aren't they? Because otherwise they deserve to be sitting below St Kilda on the ladder. If they can't show them what they can do, well, they're lost. And then more people will be getting dropped and Alan will be gone by March. You are in crazy town, Nat Morgan. (laughs) (laughs) You should have been gone last March, but that's just me. You take a pump-up juice before you come on air? 
<laughs> I'm ready. I thought I was going to carry the whole team. You know, again, thank well, you all contributed. Well done. This is the this is the you know, the moment anyway. This is the Code Hanger Football Radio Show. Ch- catches every Monday, seven p.m. on Two SCR one hundred seven point three, and our pod with extra content in the fifth quarter, which you can get. Wherever you get your podcasts, follow us on socials, Twitter, Insta and Facebook. And for the best Harbour Views in women's footy, tune in to to the the Coat Hanger. Hanger.